Hello and welcome back to the Behaviors and Trauma and Education Podcast. This week I want to talk about how do we break the mold. How do we break the mold of students who have experienced trauma and have severe behaviors? How do we break the mold of the adults that they're used to throughout their lives? So what are these students used to? Number one, inconsistencies. Whether I'm speaking on behalf of traditional schools and sometimes uh, situations that happen at home when I'm talking about these situations. So it's not just one, it's not just the other. Oftentimes it's a combination of both, but in some cases it can be one or the other. Again, it's not all students, but these are some things that I've kind of gathered and things I feel comfortable talking about out loud. So what are they used to? Number one, inconsistencies. These students aren't used to having consistent things that that's expected of them day in, day out. And when I say that, I'm not talking about school-wide rules and school-wide discipline and things and all these overall encompassing things for groups of students. I'm talking about day-to-day consistencies. What time do I wake up? What time do I go to bed? Do I brush my teeth? Don't die. Do I get a meal? Don't die. Who's picking me up from school or do I have to walk? Do I get to see my mom in a week or do I get to see my dad in a week or who's picking me up? Who, who loves me? Who doesn't love me? All these things. Do I have clothes? Don't I have clothes? Do I get to eat this week or don't I? These students live in a world of inconsistencies. Number two, overreactions. These students are so used to having small things equal big things. A little behavior warrants a big reaction. These students are so used to and living in that heightened state of arousal where they're nervous and they're living in that anxiety-stricken state where little things, they're so used to becoming big things. So they're constantly nervous about acting and doing things the wrong way because they know it's probably going to warrant a big reaction. Number two, punitive or number three, punitive reinforcement. These things are constantly or these students are constantly used to having things being taken away. They, they're constantly used to being grounded, put on house arrest. Um, they're used to being kicked out of school, being suspended, having people give up on them. These, this is just what these students are used to. The second that they have a behavior, one of those things that I just said are always going to happen. They know that's going to happen. Punitive reinforcement is the only way that they're being reinforced. And this goes kind of hand in hand, but they're used to little PBIS. They're used to positive behavioral supports. They don't get much motivation. They don't get positive reinforcements. They don't get, if you get if you have good behavior throughout the week, you get to go um earn family time or you maybe get to go to Walmart and get a treat or whatever the type of reinforcements that are out there, that's not what they're used to. They're used to punitive reinforcements. They're used to the lack of love and compassion. Again, I'm speaking on behalf of schools and homes right now. That's what they're lacking. They're not used to feeling love and compassion. And if they are used to love and compassion, they don't have a great way of accepting it and understanding how to accept and promote love and compassion in their life. They, they live in this blank slate and they don't want to let love and compassion into their life. It makes them nervous to create that trust and that relationship with an adult in their life. And then the last one, their basic needs being met. They're not used to having, again, I said before, inconsistencies, but they're not used to knowing when that meal is, if they're going to get that meal. They're not used to knowing where they're going to sleep, if they're going to sleep, if it's going to be inside or outside. They're not used to knowing if they have water, if the water's clean and drinkable, if they can take a shower, if they can't take a shower, if their clothes are clean, if they're not. Their basic needs are constantly not being met on a regular basis. So... I have teachers come up to me and say, you know, Riley, I'm having a really tough time reaching this student or 
Riley, I just don't feel like I'm doing enough for the student. It's he's such a he or she's such a complex kid, and I don't feel like I'm getting the results that I'm wanting. I'm not, I'm not seeing the the big behavior behavior decreases or the achievement scores. Like, what can I do? And a lot of times, these are the things that I'm going to tell teachers here in one second. They're not going to be big things, but there are things to change from the things that I just said that they're used to. So these are some positive, I wouldn't even call them interventions, but just strategies to work with students to help them kind of break the mold and start trusting adults again and be that adult that they need. So number one, I got six bullets here. Number one, be consistent. No matter what you're doing in the classroom or with students, be consistent. Be consistent with who gets to leave the classroom to go get a drink of water, who gets to go to the bathroom. Which students get to sit where? Which students don't get to sit where? Which students get to pick what groups they're in? Which students don't? When you get to eat a snack, when you don't. When a student has this type of behavior, here's what's likely going to happen. Not saying every teacher needs to be consistent with how they do it across the school, but within your classroom and within each student in your classroom setting, you need to be consistent with students so they know what to expect. Again, what were these students not used to receiving? consistency so when they know what to expect even if it's a negative thing that they're expecting from a teacher they did they did a behavior so bad they know they're going to get a negative response from you but if they can expect what that response is going to be it's going to be a lot better situation for them versus them knowing that maybe you're they're the kid that you don't like so then your reaction is going to be way bigger to them than the teacher's pet in the corner sitting by the desk. Be consistent with every single student. Trust me, these kids know this. Number two, make sure basic needs are being met. Make sure every time a kid walks into your classroom, they have water, they have food, they slept last night, and they feel safe. If you can make sure all four of those basic needs are being met, that's a win. You are set up for success with those kiddos the second they walk in your door. Number two, always be stoic and calm once behaviors start happening and once we start approaching an escalation cycle. Do not wear your emotions on your sleeve and always be calm and stoic. Again, what were these students used to? Overreactions and people making small things really, really big things. So if we can be stoic, we can keep a calm face, we can talk in a calm voice, we can help breathe, this is going to help these behaviors reduce so much because they know that you're not going to jump down their throat and you're not going to do what they're tradi traditionally used to have happening and the behaviors that teachers and adults do in their lives. Number four, positive reinforcement. I've said it before in previous podcasts, but I have never seen a student with the right motivator, and that's kind of the key, but with the right motivator not do what you want them to do. So if you can positively reinforce a student in your classroom to do what you want them to do and do what's expected, I have never seen a student not do it if it's the right motivator. So if it's not the right motivator, the student will probably say, I don't want to do it and that's stupid and that's dumb. But if it's the right motivator, I guarantee that they're going to be able to do it for you, or at least put forth some effort to get it done. Number five here, compassion and support when they make mistakes. So give students compassion and support when they make mistakes. What are students traditionally used to that have made bad decisions in the past? Being suspended from out of school, having the school give up on them. They're used to going home, being put under house arrest, and have everything that is semi-fun being taken away for ample amount of time. That's what these students are used to. And until we break the mold of treating students that way when they make poor decisions, 
we're never going to be able to get them to do the behaviors that we want. So the old analogy, kill them with kindness, that's what this is here. We have to be able to kill students with kindness. We have to be able to give them love, compassion, and support when they make these mistakes. Have those teachable moments when there's a mistake because obviously if that mistake is happening, it's a skill that they aren't quite mastering yet. So within the moment when those mistakes happen, give them compassion, give them support, don't give up on them. And that leads into number six here. Don't give up on students when they make bad decisions. Teach them the skills to not do it again. So instead of thinking about kicking that kid out of your classroom or kicking that kid into the office, understand that that might be the end of your guys' relationship the second that you do that. that. That You're just another adult that's given up on that student when they get kicked out of the classroom. But instead, if there's a time and place to where we can make that a teachable moment, and don't get me wrong, there are times and places where students need to be removed from classrooms and removed from school. But if we're going to do that, we need to make sure that we restore that relationship and we follow some of our restorative justice models in mending and teaching in the moment. If we're going to do that, we have to show the compassion and support and that we still want them in our school. We have to have that teachable moment where everybody involved can learn. We can't give up on students. Thank you for listening.